0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield, and joining me this week are Sam Claiborne. Hey, everybody. Good to see y'all. Justin Davis. Scoop. And IGN's community lead, Jada Griffin, is joining us today. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, making my Scoop debut. I'm so yes. excited to be here.
0: Welcome, Jada. Yeah. Great to have you here. We've got a great show for you this week. We've got to talk about God of War Ragnarok, which we're all playing. IGN's review is out now. It's another 10 out of 10 from IGN. I know... uh, Sam and Justin and I are all deep into it, and Jada is the only one of us who's actually finished the game. So definitely want to get some thoughts on that. We got to talk about PlayStation VR two, which uh, has a a price tag that is a little bit higher than I think some of us were anticipating. And then we're going to look at an old game magazine, and I mean really old this week, folks. I've I've dug way way back into the archives, much further back than we usually go. Should be pretty good. (laughs) But first, God of War Ragnarok, ten out of ten. Uh, our reviewer, viewer Simon Carty in our, our UK uh, office, loved it. Jada, since you're the one of us that's finished it, let's get let's get your thoughts on it. What do you think of God of War Ragnarok?
1: Yeah, I think God of War Ragnarok just really took what God of War 2018 did, where God of 2018 walked, so Ragnarok could run. Um, mm. And you know, I'm going to bring in the cliche. Why not um, the Ragnarok is just, it took everything up to the next level. Honestly, if I was reviewing it, I would have fought to break the 10 scale, um, because I loved it so much. The character (laughs) development, the, the combats evolve, they subvert your expectations. Um, there's just so much good stuff in this game and it did a lot of things I was hoping it would do and did a lot of things I wasn't expecting and I was very happy that it did. So, um, I'm very excited for more people to get their hands on it and like, see all their experiences when uh, it comes to this, because there's just so many great moments from so many characters. I cried a couple times. I don't know if Mm. if you guys have cried yet at wherever you are in your your gameplay. Um, But I mean, I cried one minute into
2: the game. There's a pretty, pretty rough scene involving animals that like always gets me. I Mm. can't stand bad things happening to Uh, animals.
1: Oh, I know that that one. I don't think that one made me cry, but I was definitely misty eyed for that one. It was so it was touching.
0: Yeah, I should say I should point out uh, for people out there looking forward to playing it, we're, we're not going to spoil anything about the game here. So you can feel free to continue listening uh, without worrying about having anything spoiled for you. We're not going to do this. Is not a spoiler cast. Uh, yes, I, it sounds I like <laughs> it sounds like it was an eleven out of ten, off the charts. Jada, <laughs> Jada, was there anything you, you you were disappointed with?
1: Yeah, so you know, there's a couple little gripes. Uh, one of the things was I'm a completionist um, when I play mm-hmm. my games. So like I like to clear out areas as I go. Now, God of War 2018, there was a, some areas you had to backtrack before you could get certain things. But this one does it a lot more. And the fact that some of these the objectives aren't available until you complete the campaign and they, but they show up on your objective list, it sent me kind of running in circles for probably two or three hours a day because I was just like, I know there's something over here. There's got to be something in this area It says there's an undiscoverable thing. Let me discover it. Um, <laughs> And then it's, you know, it's got it falls into the folly of and I'm sure you guys will share this gripe, it falls in the folly of some of the other big PlayStation um, franchises when you have uh, narration from the characters themselves, Um, the puzzle solving, um, where people automatically kind of like, hey, I bet we could do we can solve it if we just throw your axe up there. Or, um, yeah, and it, it
2: gets it's sometimes it's even like, no, how about a little bit to the left? Uh, actually, yeah. I think a little bit more to the left. You're like, oh, that's very specific to help me solve this
1: puzzle. Why <laughs> don't you just
2: solve the puzzle for me?
1: <laughs> just give me a button to press so is like Atreus solves puzzle. Um, I think the only other thing was there's one voice line that you will all hear and will be burned into the back of your brain. And I literally do mean burned, um, because anytime Atreus gets caught on fire, Atreus or Mimir will say something along the lines of, You're on fire, but don't worry, it will pass. Um, Or you probably already know this, but you're on fire, and I'm just like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you know that may be good for you know. I didn't even think about it. It could be an accessibility. Stash. Yeah, exactly. It's an Aloy stash quote. Um, But you know, something like being on fire that could be a accessibility thing, and that's hidden in a narrative because if somebody is kind of, uh, you know, has. As hard if isn't doesn't have the best sight, they may not notice that that they're on fire. And so, like knowing that by a character telling them, that could be why they have it that way. So I'm hoping that's the reason why it's said every single time you're on fire, and you're on fire a lot in this game. Um, there's a lot it's of fire. Also, the
2: reason why we can't have smell vision in games because that would just be
0: terrible. <laughs> they tried it. They tried that in the '90s. That was their great, great promise of our gaming future. We we're going to be able to smell Kratos our video on games.
2: fire smell. <laughs> I bet it smells like, I don't know, maybe like some wars or
1: something. I mean, it's, it's, you know, he wears bear pelt apparently according to the new like trailer yeah, with, uh, say. with Ben Stiller. It's bear pelt. So. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm like 16 hours into it now. And I said last week I was loving it. I'm still loving it. Um, what I, what I can say now is that maybe, and maybe I think I, I feel like from what we've talked about with Justin and Sam, I think we're all kind of on the same page here. Love the game. Uh, it's it's you know it's it's operating on a level that most video games are not. It's just the, the highest tier of AAA polish and production. It I think it hits it hits me a little bit softer than God of War 2018, just because that was like a revelation. It was like a soft reboot of the franchise, very very different and fresh for the God of War franchise. And Ragnarok is a continuation of that. It's the second half of this duology, so it just feels very you know it feels very much like God of War 2018, which isn't bad at all but it sort of softens. It's not like me playing this now. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I don't know, Justin, do you have sort of a similar feeling?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, like, that's why this game is going to be, you know, maybe a little bit harder to talk about, or I anticipate the discourse is going to be not necessarily mixed. Like, I, I think it's a better game, right? Like, I think the combat is more polished. I think it's beautiful. I think the narrative is a little bit more mature and nuanced. I think the acting from everyone, like, you know, they brought their A game and the new cast members are really incredible, too. So it's better, like, if you were to go you know, feature by feature and tick the boxes. It's like, yep, there's improvements and refinements and optimizations across the board, but it, it doesn't feel as new or fresh, which I already could tell people that love Ragnarok and that consider it their game of the year. Like, it's a sequel. It's not supposed to. It doesn't need to. And they're right, right? They're yeah. completely right about that. But um, but God of War 2018 was exactly as you said, Damon. It was so revelatory and, you know, I'd never played anything that felt like that. Like nobody, like nobody's talking about the continuous camera in this one where that's all right. anybody talked about with 2018, right? It's just become yeah. kind of expected, you know, it's just part of like, yeah, well, that's just what these modern God of War games are. And so, you know, it's better, like, you know, it deserves its 10 out of 10s that it got from us and everyone else in the press. But, um but to me, God of War, like, I just couldn't gush about how amazing it was. And um and with Ragnarok, I feel like it's sort of like it's just a little bit more expected. The bar was set so high to Mm -hmm. begin with.
0: Mm -hmm. And Sam, what do you think?
1: Okay. Sorry. sorry. I I was gonna say we talked we did one little thing. We talked about that on Beyond this week. Um, and it was just kind of about how 2018 had those higher highs, like Mm -hmm. getting the finding those blades of chaos, getting those blades of chaos was such a big and momentous moment. Um and like Ragnarok just doesn't have a moment that like peaks at that level. Um, But it has so many other levels that are higher than the other one. Um, It's kind of how I it's also how I kind of felt about it. But I definitely want to hear Sam's take because I know I've seen some some uh, slack messages from Sam about it, and I want to hear it in person. Well, I
2: I, no, it's all good. I I don't I mean, so much of what I can say about this game, I can't really say on this show, so it's like we'll we'll have to hold off. Mm. But um, first of all, where is it? I don't keep up on news of God of War as much as other games. Where does it, where, what do we know about this being part of a duology, as you said? Like, there, this is the end of, of, um, some, some sort of storytelling in this, or is it going to a different studio? Like, how do we know it, that? What do you know It's about?
3: the end of the Norse, North. like, they're yeah. ending this current storyline with this yeah. game. It's it's not
2: a trilogy like, why would they tell us that? Today. I don't see why a company it, would tell us that.
1: He told us that, uh, Cor- I think it was Corey Barlog said it, um, that it was because he wants this series to be done. Um, this this era to be done in a like a normal period of time, because if they if they stretched it out to a trilogy, it would have been another five years. So it would have been a, a story told over 15 years, basically. Oh, OK, okay. Um, I, think I do.
2: Re- I remember those quotes.
1: Yes. Now. And so uh, he didn't want the story to kind of lag on when it felt just like they could tell what they needed to tell in two instead of stretching it out to three.
4: OK, mm-hmm.
1: I'm paraphrasing, but it's something along those no, lines no, no that makes sense. Um, I think I, I
2: you know, I, I think this game feels like it, it has a lot of filler in it, and that it's stretched to maybe complete exactly what you're talking about. In fact, everybody here mentioned something. I was like, "Well, Beto's like, I don't like backtracking too much," you know, and like there, there's there's things like that which I think break the the kind of the the, the, the kind of taut flow of the first game, which is just mm-hmm. like you're going through this story and it doesn't let up, and when it lets up, it feels really revelatory. This game, when it lets up, it feels boring, and it goes on for a long time. And I don't really like those parts. There's background character development happening in those parts, which is nice. Um, But this game isn't really made for me. Like, I like exploration. I like open worlds. I like secrets. And uh, these games don't provide that. And this game takes that out even more. It it, it solves puzzles for you. It, It brings the same chest. You're seeing one right now. The same puzzles for those chests back, again, and they're all in just long corridors. And if they're not in corridors, they're in kind of a janky, explorable area like Uncharted. And so my big issue with this game, Uncharted, and Last of Us is that they're becoming the same game. And that bums me out. Even though you do stealth in Last of Us and not great shooting in Uncharted, and fantastic combat in God of War, that doesn't make it any, any different than those games. It's, it's a story-driven action game. And I feel they're becoming too samey. It's like, it's all like, it was special the first time that the characters crack jokes to each other in The Last of Us. And then in God of War, it was touching. And this game, it just feels like they're playing the same cards as before. It just it seems like it's by the motions. It's like, it, no, none of the Marvel movies feel that way to me, for example. They can be bad, they can be good, but like, a big accusation of them is that they're formulaic, but they don't feel that way. They definitely are, but they don't feel that way. And this is becoming formulaic. And what bothers me about formula and games that are famous for storytelling is when I can see the cracks and I can see the facades and I can see like, oh, they're trying to, they are trying to pull the heartstrings now. And there's a point in the very beginning of the game, which mm-hmm. tries to pull your heartstrings about a minute in, and it doesn't, it doesn't stop from there. There's some cheap shots like that. And I, I just notice it more and I didn't notice it as much in God of War. Now in God of War, I didn't like it. I thought it was just like a little bit, I don't, I don't think father saw narratives are that interesting to me. doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. I just don't think they're that interesting and this game at least there's it's not just that there's more more things than that so those are my criticisms but what i'll say and i have a lot more but, but what i'll say about this game is that the dialogue <laughs> is hilarious and it's really well done yeah. there's so much of it that Deluxe. you're gonna like some of it and then i also say everybody that that likes the series i don't want to yuck your yum you're gonna love this game it's gonna yeah. be awesome yeah. like you're gonna have the best yeah. time with it and um, just because this game is, is not like Taylor made for me doesn't mean it should be this game should exist in this form for some people. But I think if you can't see those flaws and, you know, th- then then the game is appealing to you in a way that it doesn't appeal to me that covers them up. Because to me, they're they're just too apparent.
1: And You know, I think that's I think, I think that's a beautiful thing when it comes to just like our reviews in just general, like reviews are a person's opinion. Like you're not wrong. You're not necessarily right. Like everybody is going to experience something differently based on their their upbringing, based on just like what they've enjoyed in the past. Like, that's, you know, it's just kind of the nature of reviews. Like, you know, Sam, obviously you're not as big into it as I was. Um, and I connected with a lot of those storylines that you didn't, and that's totally fine. And that's just, that's the beauty of gaming. There's so many games out there for us to play. Like, there's no reason to be like, to fight over like, no, you're wrong over this one. Like is <laughs> we, Like, we just enjoy the games you like.
0: I yeah, mean, there's, yeah, I agree. There, I was just gonna say, there's a lot of us uh, at IGN that have been playing it, and there seem to be two camps. No one's like really down on it. Everyone, everyone is like like over the moon about it. And then there's some some of us, like myself and Sam and Justin, they're like, this game is great. I have a couple. I have a couple. You know, that comes with a little bit of an asterisk, but the game is 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 great. Like Sam said, there's a. I think, in my opinion, there's a segment of this game about ten hours in, twelve hours in, where all the wind is taken out of the game's sails, all the forward momentum is lost, and you go off on this sort of side excursion, and it's really boring, and it goes on for seemingly forever. And that that was that was the first part that hit me. Was like, I don't think there was a segment like this in the first game, and that's the only like sort of indication to me that maybe this maybe this is being stretched out a little too much.
2: You know, there's the uh, one of the other Uncharted. Uh, type things that this game does uh, and that area that you're talking about is not as much like this but the area right before it is is it, it presents you with a tiny open world like a little arena so Last of Us Part 2 did this, uh, Uncharted famously did it in 4 and then in Lost Legacy where you basically have a vehicle and you can drive around and like kind of do stuff and I don't get it, I like you just make, make, make your game corridors with fights if you're going to make it, like I don't understand those, those sequences, they really break the game for me and they make me want the game, but, but it's not, which is like, we'll do this, the size of Elden Ring, you know, like, like that would be really cool. But you know, like I don't like those teases of open worlds anymore. I used to be like, Oh, what? Well, like that, that's going to be expanded in the next game. But now I know it's just a trick. It's just, it's just like the backtracking. It's like, it's to make it be bigger and feel bigger. And some people want that, want games to be built bigger that way. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't work. That doesn't stretch the game out in any interesting way for me. It's Like butter over too much bread.
1: Sam, you don't, like, you don't like hearing Mimir tell you all the stories as you just kind of, like, reverse around? Mimir should have a podcast. Mimir should have a podcast. <laughs> I 100% agree. We should get Mimir on Scoop. We should just yeah, get him yeah. on here on Scoop. That would
0: be great, actually. We should tell some of these stories in another
1: format, maybe, and
0: not in a video game. Mimir is great. I think, uh, both Brock and Sindri the Dwarves are back, and I think they're even better in this game than they were in the original. 100%. Episode.
2: They're so funny. Again, writing is... The dialogue is, like, so funny and, and so yeah. well-composed and, you know, sometimes you pick up a little historical... You, you, you get this game as its version of emails where you pick up something and you're like, oh, I'm going to read about this. And it's always interesting because the Norse my- mythology, like, comparing the existing Norse mythology to the uh, God of War Norse mythology is like comparing, you know, Thor movies uh, or comics <laughs> to existing Norse mythology. Like, those are interesting reflections of each other. And, you know, the game kind of breaks the fourth wall with that <clears> a little bit by talking about how myths and fate are not necessarily set in stone. And, you know, I think that's really interesting. I think that's the c- most clever thing about this. game.
3: It's very the, clever. Go ahead, Jessam. I mean, I just like the game is held to such a high standard of like, I think I talked about this on the show last week. We're like, the games have struggled over the last two or three years to present that kind of like highly polished, like any kind of rough edges filed away. Like, I feel like we got more of that last gen and, you know, either because of COVID or whatever, like, you know, games like Cyberpunk or, you know, Elden Ring. And I'm not I, you know, I love Cyberpunk is as it's well documented on this show, but like they're not like they have these rough parts to them, right? They have these sort of unpolished elements to them. And God of War is the first game I played in a long time that like doesn't have any of that, like ultra smooth, ultra, like all the combat always feels great, which is like we've come to expect it because it's a sequel to a game of the year winner, but it is probably worth vocalizing that like this game at, it wor- at its worst, at its absolute worst is like, you know, is still very good. And then oh, yeah. yet it's great but at its best. It only kind of like goes up from there. It's so like yep. the standard that it's setting for itself and that Sony Santa Monica set for themselves is just, it's almost unbelievable. Um, you know how area after area, like the game does have these semi open areas, but it also has, I'm trying to be vague and not spoiler it here, but it has like levels It has these areas that you go into and you're going to be there for a couple hours and you're going to move on to the next one. And um, they never repeat like you know a room or dialogue or you know they never Mm -hmm. like it all seems bespoke and handcrafted and like throughout the whole game i'm like how do they do this and like you know that doesn't absolve them of criticism for like like i agree i think this game's probably a little too long like it's not the storyline's not propulsive enough like i feel like they could get to the point a little bit faster so you know like that that's valid like that's a valid opinion to have but like it, 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 you know, that doesn't take away from kind of the monumental achievement and just kind of like art and interactive design. Like it, it feels like a throwback to like those sorts of like ultra polished games that like, you know, we just, we kind of stopped getting over the last five years mm-hmm. or so. Like,
2: That's what call of duty campaigns were in like, at like the turn yeah. of the century. Yeah. Like, sure. well, Spielberg like level.
3: You know, like Last of Us Two might be the last, the last game of that example. Like, you know, love it or hate it, there's no denying that it's just it's just completely immaculate in what it's trying to accomplish.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think the I only... have a question for Jada. Yeah. Um, yes. So you're you're a very you're very good at this game, and I, I've been working with you and others on the guide, um, the the and just like getting like feedback <laughs> to help craft the guide. Um, so like when we uh, when you upgrade in this game. There's mm-hmm. XP to, like, get new skills. And then there's weapons and armor, which you mm-hmm. can get crafting stuff for. Yeah. Does that play into your... Do you use those a lot when you're trying to, you know, play on a very difficult mode? So uh, Does that really matter to you?
1: Oh, 100%. Um, that type of stuff. Like, the hardest part of a God of War difficulty run is the first, like, six to ten hours. That is the hardest part of the game, I would say. There there's some bosses later on that are... Are, that rival that like the end game stuff and post game stuff is really tough as well. But the earliest parts of the game are the hardest part because you just don't have the tools at your disposal. You don't have all your weapons. You don't have all your runic attacks. You don't have all the abilities. You don't have the stats. You don't, you know you don't have the HP to take a, as many hits as you might later in the game. You know early in the game, like to, on God of War difficulty, it's two or three hits and you're down. Like and that's wow. that's you're back to checkpoint. So like it that's the toughest part. And so like for me playing on this difficulty, it's all about finding the right armor set um, that kind of maximizes your potential going through. Um, And for this one, it's not really a spoiler. There's an armor called Lunda's Armor um, that you'll, it's part of a main story that you'll like, not main story, but like a dialogue when you meet a character. Um, And it poisons the enemies, which weakens them, which makes it more manageable as you go through. And I pretty much rode that armor all the way till the post game. Um, just maximizing that because being able to bring enemies down that were uh, one or two levels, that were two or three levels higher than me, um, just made it more manageable for me to take less damage if I missed a parry or you know drop their health bar before I even needed to parry. Sometimes, so like that type of so stuff I, is very important.
2: I think that's really key. Like, listen to that description because when you play a normal, you don't have to you don't have to care about any of that. Nope, it's like game, like you'll die. But when you die and this happens on hard difficulties too. It just refills your health midway through the fight. So, this game does not present um any sort of, you know, crazy combat challenges at least on normal. Yeah. And I for the most part, I'm just like, why would I go out of my way to grind for armor or up, upgrade armor like basically every once in a while, you open a chest with stronger armor or stronger shields or whatever and like they all have differences and they're all really interesting, but like meaningfully in, in the way I'm playing combat and trying to to work on this game. I'm like, oh well, I don't really care. Like, I just, I, I w- why am I going out of my way to get all this extra stuff? And I will augment that criticism with the XP that I'm getting right now. I, I know there's going to be different weapons or skills later. I want to upgrade, so I'm kind of being conservative with upgrading that. But also, when I look at the skill trees, it's like every single thing you unlock is like a new button combination. And like, I'm not playing Street Fighter here. Like, I don't want that. <laughs> I want to like, I want to, I want to get a style and a parry system that works for me and then add to that and build on it. But instead it's like, well, now if you, you know, roll the left trigger at the same time as the right trigger and hold a, but you do have to tap or tap squircle at the same time. It's It's like, you'll actually send a fireball out of your whip while you do your attack. It's like, I don't, I don't want that. That's not, that's not interesting. Additional combat to me. It's like, that's a brain teaser.
1: So one thing I will say to counterpoint that is that you, when you go in the skill tree, after you've bought a skill, you are able to disable specific skills. So if you I find you're like yeah. two or three, if you have two or three moves that are your bread and butter, um, mm-hmm. then you can disable all the rest and just use those, which is great. Um, and there's no move, Sorry, XP. <laughs> yeah, there's no moves that really like. Are better, like just be like, oh, if you're not using this move, you're not going to be able to finish game. There's no moves like that. You can literally based on your play style, you can make those moves work. Um and that also plays into the gear when you get like further like now I'm in the post game I'm building all these different builds. I have a build right now to where every time I, you know, when you get that R3 execution move, um if I do that I get a rage burst, I get a blessing of cooldown and I get a gift of strength. So it you know decreases cooldown, boosts my damage for like 10 seconds and also fills my rage meter. Um so there's like all types of cool things you can do with the gear once you get like further in, but I think they did a they didn't do the greatest job when it comes to Making those um, useful earlier on to where you would want to do that at least on the God of War difficulty. Mm-hmm. Like I, any time I tried swapping armors off of Lunda's, I just didn't feel like I was getting as much value. Um, so, I, I I hope you know maybe there's some balance patching they can do to kind of like finagle the stats and stuff. But uh, I just I I stuck with Lunda's all the way through from beginning to end, and I was I just like, think hard mode might
2: back. be more satisfying for people that really want to focus on the complexity of the game. And then I, the one, one thing, one set of stuff that I did like about combat is that I really like how this game brought back that um, juggling and kind of like mm-hmm. knocking things into the air and doing damage that way. There's no like skill tree that elaborates on that. So that's a little disappointing. Like that would be an example of like, oh, I would totally upgrade that and like make sure I could do more hits in the air. Or something like that. like I, that'd be a cool one. Uh, but there's also that you know, he is, he starts with a kick. You can get um, uh, power-ups that are like that kick for the weapons which are fun too, because you can sling enemies off ledges. And like, that's, that's really, that's really fun to figure out and do. I like that in any game. What, remember in Assassin's Creed, uh, in, um, Odyssey, Odyssey. Uh, that was, the it was like, it was mm-hmm. a way to kind of cheese enemies that were yeah. like a little higher level than you. If you're kicking them. Yeah. Yep. Uh, just would, kick would, them I off. Really out of that. I was, and this, you can kick people against the wall too, but, uh, the game's not very clear
1: about walls and ledges. I'll, I'll, throw that in there there is some Uh, weird collisions there's some weird collisions where it's like i kicked this person to a wall they just kind of bounced off instead of shattering like they should have um so i totally when it 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 works it should
0: have should have shattered uh okay (laughs) anyway god of war ragnarok it's gonna be out for us all of stoop nation very soon the game is great it's amazing anyone who's been looking forward to it like i said last week you're not gonna be disappointed uh, yeah, you're going to love it. I, I'm still enjoying the game 16 hours in, and I'm taking my time with it. I'm not trying to run through. For the most part, I love just sort of exploring and being in that world. Although I really want to know what Scoop Nation thinks about that. Uh, this point about 10 or 12 hours in when it goes off on this uh, this sort of side excursion and you stay there for a little bit too long, I think.
2: I'll give them one word to, to think about so they know what you're talking about.
0: Okay.
5: Yak. I knew
2: that
0: was going to be the word.
5: <laughs> Yak. <laughs>
0: Let's move on, sticking in the uh, world of PlayStation. PlayStation VR 2, we know when it's coming. We know how much it's going to (coughs) cost. February 22nd, 2023 is when it's out. $550. $50 more than the PlayStation 5 costs, at least uh, in the territories where the uh, price of the PS5 was not increased by $50. I don't know where to begin. I think this all but assures... PSVR 2 will see the same single-digit attach rate that PSVR 1 did. Yeah, I
3: don't, I don't, I, mean, I don't know about you. I don't know about you, Damon, but I don't like it.
0: I think it's. I, Damon, I mean, can you explain uh, what attach rate is for the listeners, real quick? Uh, the percent of people who bought. So PSVR 1 has a five percent attach rate. That means five percent of people who bought a PS4 also bought a PSVR. Which is pretty low, uh, even though you know. It, it, I don't five percent of what one hundred and twenty five million maybe or whatever that PS4 is sold. Nothing to sneeze at, but it's a small percentage of the you know the potential audience for the device. So I, I just I I would imagine Sony would be wanting to get that number up for PSVR two something that can't be cheap to for you know research and development cheap, cheap to manufacture obviously. And I see a lot of comments saying that for the specs and compared to other high end VR units, that price seems about right. Sure, but the price is more important than the specs, like for most people. And like the, the fact that it costs more than the console, that what it turns the console into the accessory. And now PSVR 2 is the, is the main device. Like that's going to be a mental hurdle, hurdle that's going to be too hard for many people to get over.
3: It's too much. It's too much because they they're trying to build an ecosystem along with it, right? Yeah. And so it all but assures so you know, you have this PS five install base that's already not as large as they would like it to be, because they're, you know, they're having trouble uh getting getting PSVR PS fives on the store shelves. Yeah. And it ensures that only a portion, you know, look, whether it's five percent or ten percent, or you know, let's say it's a home run, like a Grand Slam home run, and it's twenty-five percent. Thirty thirty percent of PS five owners get a PSVR. Um yeah. like that is not enough owners to entice third-party developers to come in and make flagship VR products. So, you know, like you can see this domino effect of how is this thing a success three years from now or five years from now? Um, Not enough people are going to own it to get, you know, the big VR developers on board. It's not going to justify the expense of making big AAA VR. Um, And then people like me that like, you know, I would maybe be willing, like, you know, I spent 500 bucks on a PS5. I'm willing to spend 500 bucks on cool cutting edge next gen tech. But like you have to have faith in it, right? You have to believe mm-hmm. that it's going to be around and be supported for a long enough period of time. Um, so I think it's a i i I think it's a mistake. Um, it doesn't come with, you know, if you're watching the show, you're seeing the sort of horizon call of the mountain. It doesn't it doesn't even come with that. So there, you know, I think
1: there is a bundle, the first 600 that comes with the Horizon. But I like, mean, yeah. that's, me <laughs> that's still yeah. extra. It's still extra money. Yeah. That's, that's, well, that's, that's
3: so that's what I mean. It's like it's 550 bucks, but not really. It's it's 550 bucks plus more if you want to have anything to do with it. So yeah. I, don't know. Um, I don't like it.
1: I, I I'm a big VR person. I love VR. You know, I play super hot and I, I, I've i rolled around to dodge bullets in, in super hot in VR like. Um, but like, it's just, I want to, I want this PSVR too, but man, that price tag, like you said, the specs, you know, aren't as important as the price, Damon. Like, it's just like, I yes, this is probably going to be one of the better VR headsets out there, but also, what are the games? Like, I need to see the, the proper software. Um, they, they did a blog post, PlayStation did a blog post and they announced like 12 games, including Horizon. And I didn't see a must oh, yeah. buy or must play yeah. on out of any of those, um, other than Horizon. Like, and I'm not yeah. gonna, I'm not gonna drop six hundred dollars for one game for for when it comes to a peripheral. Like, yes, people yeah. will buy a console. Like, people have bought Playstations to play Spider-Man back in the day because they love Spider-Man and that is enough to save them, and they will play other stuff that they can get at a smaller investment. But like the psvr2 like we're now looking at a thousand eleven hundred you know (laughs) dollars in the u.s more if in other territories like i i don't even know want to know what the price is in other territories because we know it just jumps up everywhere else so like it's just i don't know i maybe they're i think maybe sony's jumping the gun a little too soon on it like I feel like they might have waited a year to get a bigger stable of games and drop with like 20, 30 games right off the bat and had some time for technology to like maybe come down a little mm-hmm. bit in price and sell it for $400, 450 you know, yeah. maybe around the price of the digital PS5 at, at most expensive. But man, like it's just, it's rough. They, it's could a, have, it's
0: a, they could have softened the blow of the price if they had announced Half-Life Alex. But that, exactly. That's yeah. not announced. Exactly. It's a bunch of these eleven games. Is like Crossfire, the Light Brigade, uh, Cosmonius High, Tentacular, Pistol Whip. It's like it's just words that don't mean anything to anyone.
1: It's like it, it almost they almost sound like the Wii shovelware that we used to get yeah. back on the Wii. You know what I mean? And I don't. And that's no disrespect to these developers. I'm sure that they're you know doing their best to make these great cutting edge games in VR. It's not easy to make a game in VR. It's not easy to make a game in general. But like, there's no big name that we need to play in this yeah. list. And I looked through a lot of them, a lot of them are updated versions, <laughs> like newer versions, they're enhanced versions. So it's the same game that people have already been playing with, just with more content, like, are you going to spend $600 to play cities VR? Like, I don't think I don't think anybody's doing that <laughs> other than the, the one person who has like 12,000 hours in cities. <laughs> like, to begin with, like, maybe that person is but I just, I
0: don't Sam, know. Sam, what do you think of this price?
2: I mean, every, all VR is expensive. I'm tired of it. I, like the, the, <laughs> the, I'm really like the, the Oculus or what are those called now? The meta, meta quest, quest two. 2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like, you know, that's like their reasonable entry level. I've played one of those. They're totally adequate. I don't know why anybody would get anything else at this point. Um, the, the, the now t- if you have a nice PC or whatever, then you can upgrade and get you know, really good. Good VR and, and maybe you want quality, but like that, those two options already make it so you know PlayStation had to compete with one of those, and they're not, they're not gonna have the best, they're not gonna have the cheapest, they're not gonna have a, a, a game library that's like anybody else's. It's just I don't know, like it's it just kind of yeah, kind of dead in the water. I um the 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 game list is really important. What what would have been really cool is if at least if you know any of us here wrote a top twenty five VR games that. PlayStation would have 20, you know, and then they would announce that and be like, Oh, this is a good reason to start playing VR. But right now it's not, you can get a, a, a meta. And, and if you already have a PC, you can play half-life Alex with, with the quest too. You can't. Yeah. So it's like, yep.
3: It's just, I deserve it. Okay. Yeah. I think that there's a corollary, like, and I'm going to go somewhere with this, I promise. But like in the history of handheld games, the more inexpensive, cheaper console always won. Like the Game Boy beat the Game Gear and then the DS Mm -hmm. beat the PSP. Mm -hmm. And like, I think there's something to that when it comes to VR, like the future of VR is the Quest 2 because it doesn't have cables and it's less expensive. It's a standalone console. And so, you know, there's a market for ultra high-end VR, which is incredible, by the way. Like I do want to point out that like you can't, you you can't do it justice by watching pictures of it and videos of it. Like it's, it's unbelievable to have that stuff on your face, but as unbelievable as that is, like it's not being able to pop something on your head and there's no cables and you're just in it and you can go. That's the future of VR. Like that's the baseline of like, you need to make that experience higher end and more AAA instead Mm -hmm. of trying to tether it to, you know, your PS5 supercomputer or your PC based supercomputer. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not the future of VR going mainstream. Like the Oculus Quest Two, I mean, they raised the price on it, which t- t- like just blunted any kind yeah. of momentum they had. Like yeah. that thing was an unbelievable bestseller two years or three years ago. Whenever they would run like Black Friday deals and stuff, like there's Quest twos, Like my sister has a Quest Two, right? Like she has yeah, a Wii yeah. a wee and a Quest Two. Like that <laughs> console was getting to like that level, and um, you know, I I I I'm a little bit how surprised. much was the price increase. It went it went up a hundred bucks. So
0: it's four hundred bucks yeah. now.
3: And so like that, I, and I don't know. Like they came out with the Quest Pro. Like I don't know if they're making a Quest 3. Like I hope so. Yeah. But um VR. that's um that's that's what VR needs to be. Um and I, I think the PS5, as you put it, Sam, is getting a little bit middled, you know. It's not mm-hmm. the fanciest, and it's not the cheapest, most accessible. So it, it exists in this weird middle ground.
0: Yeah, I don't know, like I, I I don't know what Sony's like measure of success is or their projections, but I just I don't see it. I don't you see You think there's
2: like a, a participation in, you know, metaverse stuff that's tripping up so many companies right now that's got Sony like just really like they just think it's like an investment in a future that I think a lot of us here are
3: skeptical about. Yeah. Well, and, and they may very well be right about that, right? Like, you know, if VR on a long enough timeline is going to be the future, they want to be there and be established and have that talent. But like, as a platform, like, you know, I bought $500 for a PS5, not because of the PS5 games I wanted to play in fall 2020, but because I had faith and confidence as a consumer right. that like, mm-hmm. I was going to get value out of, it, out of it over the next five years. And like, boy, they have a lot of work to do on PSVR to sort of convince
0: me that that's going to be the case for, um, you know, for this add-on. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. It's out in February. I don't know. Maybe they can uh, sort of beef up that game library for them. I know they're supposed to have 20 games to launch. They should at least have Super Hot for PS5. Yes,
4: please.
0: Okay, we've been talking about the um, most cutting-edge video game that's about to hit the market right now. We've been talking about this cutting-edge new technology in PSVR 2 that's coming next year. Let's turn the clocks back to the most cutting-edge video games of November 1982. We have the premiere wow. issue of Electronic Fun with Computers and Games. I don't know how long this uh, magazine lasted. This is the premiere issue. Uh, it's, it's a pretty good one, though, and their cover story is Hollywood, Video Game Explosion, Raiders, E.T., Star Wars, Star Trek. So even back then, in the early 80s, video game movies were a big deal. And I love what they do. Sam, I think you'll appreciate this. They've got Indiana Jones, Princess Leia, and Spock on the cover, but they're like their versions of like pixel art, which includes all, they're like scan lines. Scan lines, right? Because yeah. that's what's like, that's how they saw video games back then, not this like crystal clear pixel art, right? Notice
2: in the background too that there's a monitor, mm-hmm. but it's a vertical monitor, like you'd see in an arcade game like Pac Man. It means like it's a TV turned on its side. And then the uh, there's a little, I believe, a keyboard in front of it. Yeah, um, which is like the coolest thing ever. I would love a vertical monitor CRT computer from 1982. That's yeah. just the
3: coolest idea ever. So that Seth Macy owns one. Well, I was, mean, a Vectrex he, is kind of like that. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah, it was like that. So what was that right now? The, the Atari VCS was like the, the still like the leading console. There were some personal computers at the time, but like, I don't think even the 5200 was out. The certain, 7800 was not out. ColecoVision was out, the Television was out, and then I think the Vectrex I mean, is almost out.
3: This magazine came out like as the video game industry was crashing. That's another <laughs> very was-
0: interesting thing I wanted to bring up, yes. The next year, this ET on the cover of this, <laughs> of this, of this issue, ET would come out and the home video game industry in America would officially crash. They have no idea. So maybe they didn't make it very long into electronic fun with computers and <laughs> <No>. games. <laughs> uh, the first is an ad for M Network, which is games, I guess, for the 2600. Wow. Uh, and it's a baseball game. It says, Our graphics don't move, they perform. And our challenges. This was such players.
2: like a 90s ad. I love how. I know. It's, it's like a TV, but it's like,
0: it's, like being, it's like being blasted off the shelf by the power of the game, <laughs> yeah. knocking over the vase uh M network i don't know the m network the that developer of atari vcs it says mattel yeah
1: that's, that's like mattel, mattel yeah.
0: electronics yeah they don't even like name any games here it's just like the library of m network games so go check it out i don't know <laughs> um that's the other table of contents here uh some kind of uh ultravision ad we challenge you Ultravision, the latest in arcade quality video games challenges the competition to match our consumer satisfaction guarantee. Consider yourself by playing Condor Attack and Karate. Again. Mm-hmm. But oh oh in the bottom it says UltraVision Video Arcade System. So I guess this oh, was yeah. a competitor. It um, was to what? I mean to they they say they name Atari and VCS are trademarks of Atari down the bottom. So Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the UltraVision Ultra not Vision. never actually came out, although Condor Attack. The depiction is, of the UltraVision is a computer screen
2: type console but there's no keyboard there's two notches for uh,
3: joysticks that you can pull out yeah this is insane so first of all it says that their video arcade system cartridges work with multiple different consoles yeah they're saying it works with with the Ultravision, the atari vcs the sears telegame system and they're saying if you didn't like it you could just trade in your game for another cart so could cool. go, what could go wrong? That's the that's the
0: one the one format future, Justin. We move yeah. past it there so it is. quickly. Yeah,
3: the the one console future.
0: They have a letter from the editors, not singular. A new video game magazine. Why? The home <laughs> computer isn't in widespread use yet, but it will be soon. Microprocessor based <laughs> video games are the door openers. As you game players are becoming more proficient and seeking greater challenges, you are demanding more complex and sophisticated hardware. Enter the home <laughs> computer. With improved color graphics and other new technology, that's coming, the possibilities for gaming are mind-boggling. We've looked into our crystal ball and decided the future is close enough to give you the best of both worlds today. With more than a half dozen video games magazines already on the newsstands, we understand clearly that we have to give you a better product than any of the others. If you read through this magazine, you'll see we've done it. We've also created the most accessible, amusing, literate, yet easy to read magazine about home computers available anywhere. Sam, would you say, would you say that's a good way to describe IGN? Literate, literate but yet easy to read. Easy to read. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny.
2: Look at the little signature bar there with the, the oh, yeah? Atari... Japes, I love the uh, ad
0: at there. Yeah. So, the yeah. And the, what, on
3: Warbird, I think. Ship? Yeah. Do, do you think, by the way, the senior editor in the masthead is Randy Hacker? Do you think that's a real <laughs>
4: name or is that a pub <laughs> name? I
0: hope so. <laughs> Randy uh, with an I, too. And the managing yeah. editor is Dan Gutman. Or maybe the inspiration for Gutsman. Mm, (laughs) wait wait was the top one richard extract (laughs) it is richard extract (laughs) i don't know the art director is just a single name or it did aliens
1: come up with these (laughs) human names
0: (laughs) they usually have a common word like extract in them we were sabotaged by et by actual aliens video game (laughs) there's an ad for another magazine called video review and it says the only video game video magazine you'll ever need and the, oh. big, the cover story is Should you buy projection TV now? Hmm. 1982. Was that the time to buy projection TV? They did mm. make games look a lot bigger. Let's see. The, even though this is their premiere issue, somehow they have letters to the editor. Where do what? these letters come from? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how this.
1: All they had, they they had, a, good, about, con, they had a good community person <laughs> working for them.
0: Got yeah, that they stuff must early. Say. Mm-hmm. All I ever hear about are Atari and television. Why doesn't the video game press give more coverage to Odyssey, Emerson, Fairchild, and other lesser known systems? Cool. Uh, why Computers? Yours is the first video game magazine to stress the importance of home computers. Why? I don't have a computer, and none of my friends do either. How do you know that, Colette? You're in the first issue. <laughs> it's driving me insane. Great. Uh, Bruce wrote in to say, I hate adventure games. I don't see why anyone would want to spend so much time looking for stupid keys and treasures and so forth when they could be playing an exciting game like Defender. Are you going to do a lot, of, a, a lot on adventure games? Yeah, said, <laughs> the debate continues in 2022. Yep. That depends on you. Uh, kill the arcades. Sue writes in to say, every day I read an article in the paper about this community or that community banning video game arcades. Where do you people stand? You, what does she mean by you people? You people. people. <laughs> that sounds so aggressive. They stand right in front of the machine with our hands on the joist. Adorable. An ad for U.S. games, uh, games like Word Zapper, Towering Inferno, Commando Raid, Speak and Peek, and Space Jockey. Is Speak and Peek, you think, like hide-and-seek, Sam? Maybe. Towering Inferno seems to be a licensed game based on the movie movie? Towering
4: Inferno. Maybe. Mm -hmm. That's cool.
0: Okay, uh, some news updates. They have a, there was a version of Monopoly called Playmaster that had... Um, okay, from the people who created the most popular game of all time comes the Monopoly Playmaster, an electronic accessory designed to enhance without changing gameplay. The Playmaster wow. speeds up the game by electronically rolling the dice, auctioning off unowned property, and lending money to encourage earlier property development. It also it provides... Sounds like it'll speed up the game. It provides musical <laughs> accompaniment by playing I've Been Working on the Railroad. <laughs> <laughs> i love it Uh, it also plays the opening bars uh, (laughs) it plays the opening bars of beethoven's fifth when a player has to repay a loan (laughs) oh my gosh it's so good um okay they got say a new a big new arcade game from sega from the folks that brought you zaxon the first coin out game with realistic three dimensional effects comes Subrock, subrock a natural sequel you know this one sam
2: no, I'm an,
0: aware of the game. I've never seen an environmental cabinet for it. Yeah, it's an amazing looking environmental cabinet there. I Look like at that. the
2: bent plastic on the window so you can watch yeah. the people mm-hmm. playing while they're playing. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> as big Sega logo on it. I don't think that exists, but I don't it's think it was really ever cool. Ever actually, I
0: yeah. have a they had the um, uh, the address for Sega back then uh, printed here for some reason. Mm, okay a comical catch-all this is such a strange story this is just a a new story about what's happening in games right now learning to run computers can be frustrating at best the first time you irretrievably lose a very important top secret file that you simply can't reconstruct you feel capable of murder you want to throw the computer out and you curse a lot but half the fun of cursing is having whoever you're cursing at curse back what (laughs) computers could never do that (laughs) until now Randy Simon of Don't Ask Computer Software in LA has given the gift of the expletive deleted to computers with his program, Abuse. Abuse, says Simon, is an interactive insult program compatible with both the Atari and Apple computers. The computer has, quote, an evil memory chip of its own and will respond to whatever insult you type into it with one of its own 5 million stored insults. So next time you hurl, an epithet at a defenseless computer. Don't be surprised if it comes back with something cruel, like "Oh yeah, well your mainframe wears army boots." I'm pretty sure Johnny <laughs> Five said that in Short Circuit several years after this.
1: Are we Are we reading the origin of like online toxicity for games? Like, is yeah, this the origin maybe. story? Like- maybe.
0: <laughs> so it's just it's just an app uh, that you type an insult into and it'll yeah. insult you back. Yeah, That's
2: I it. mean, <laughs> in, in you know, in early Word. Uh, in text adventure games like like uh, Zork,
4: mm. you
2: type in swears or insults or anything, the game will actually mm. respond to them. It'll say something like, such language yeah. for, a, for an adventurer as yourself or something like that. And so I think this was the logical extension. I love that little picture of baby Pac-Man up in the.
0: Yeah, that, that's <laughs> a strange story. It says uh, the reason Pac-Man is here is says although we still don't know how many Pac-Man can dance on the head of a pin, we do know that 112 Pac-Man lookalikes can dance on the tread of a Firestone steel belted radial 721 metrics tire. That's the official count from the company. It seems that a tread design engineer at Firestone discovered that 112 different tread element locations on the new tire resemble Pac-Man. Cool. Fair that's Cool. I guess that's how, just how ubiquitous you Pac-Man was at the time. Mm-hmm. Definitely in '82. That was the mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Debbie does Atari. Some adult-themed games coming to <laughs> yeah. Atari at the time. Don't need to delve too far into that. We'll save that for Game Scoop After Dark. Uh, Ali- oh yeah, so this is their. They have like a question and answer section, but they put the answers before the questions for some reason. It says why the answer and then the question because we here at what Electronic Fun think the answer is most important, so it comes first. Well, that's kind of confusing.
3: Well, okay, but the way they structure it, like
0: the answer is absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> so, so it's like, like what? we don't know the question <laughs> I, yet. I know. I like this one. Lisa wrote in to say, generally I play video games by myself, so I use the left joystick. My question is when I play against another person, will the person using that left joystick have an unfair advantage because the left joystick is broken in? Okay. It's fair. They said I mean they said no though.
4: <laughs> valid. I
0: see yeah, this I, one's for you. This is for you, Sam. Robert writes, writes in to say, I just bought a computer and I noticed that the floppy disks look something like 45 RPM records. Should I carry them the same way I carry my 45s with my fingers in the center hole and my thumb at the edge? Oh, that's adorable. That's a bad idea, I think, yeah. with floppy disks. That's yeah. where the magnets expose. Yeah. They say, absolutely yep. yeah, not. No. Never touch the They're smooth not. surface. The that's magnets. really
2: cool. Yep. What a cool question. But you should hold your 45s that way. Never touch the any anything but the inside, the edge. Yep, yep, yep. Uh...
0: Paul writes in to say, I think it was very smart for Coleco to make that adapter so you could play Atari cartridges on the ColecoVision system. <laughs> but I have an Intellivision. Why doesn't somebody make a system that plays both Atari and Intellivision games on it? Why doesn't Did someone make, make a I mean, Yeah, I mean, well, it was, it was what, the Wild West. I'm
3: so, I'm really I'm mind blown by that. That's like, the, like, can you imagine like, like Sega releasing an adapter and being like, hey, you can play uh, Super Nintendo games now on your Genesis?
2: Yeah. yeah, the Coleco was all over that. Um, The the the. And television had such a different controller that they would have had to like map that in a funny way to like the D-pad and a a button. They could have done it though. They probably did do it, but I don't know. Those systems are pretty different. Coleco and Atari
0: are systems. John wrote in to say, I've heard something about play cable. If I am a cable subscriber, can I get it? And do I need to own a game console in order to play the games? So this is the answer. Remember this is 1982. Yes, there is such a thing as play cable. And yes, you do need a video game console in order to play the games. Play Cable is a 24-hour all-game channel available to cable subscribers all over North America at a monthly fee that is less than the price of a cartridge. To play the games offered, users must own an Intellivision system, which is hooked up to the TV by a special adapter that comes with the subscription. The service offers users 15 Intellivision games per month, a combination of new games, returning games, and standing favorites. So it was PlayStation Now or Xbox Game Pass back then over cable. How yeah, do, and then in, the, like in it. the early '90s, Sega did this. I, and I know but land, this is like Nintendo, ten years before the this Sega is 10 Channel. Ten years
2: before, it's unbelievable. Ugh,
0: I just can't. I, how is it possible? Night Stalker. Yep, it's and one then, of the games. Finally, I love this cool. one too. Clifford wrote in to say, "I play video games like a true fanatic, and no matter how well I do, I ultimately lose to the computer. Are there any video games that I can win?" <laughs> Oh mm. well, that's
2: true. Back then,
0: back it, then, well, yeah, you know, the games didn't have endings. So, I know. so they say the answer is yes. Airlock by Data Age for the Atari. Oh, one of them is at least the one game one. we know of which can be beaten. <laughs>
1: one game, beat Zork.
0: <laughs> also, Zork.
1: <laughs> all the games you can only beat one of them. Enjoy just losing to all the rest. You could beat Oregon Trail back then.
0: This is Gosh. an ad for Firefighter. And Rick Colby thought he was hot stuff until he played Firefighter. It's just a kid who looks like he got, he stuck his finger in the electric socket. Wow, these are so 90s looking to me. It's really funny. Yeah. Uh, maybe in the 90s, they were, maybe they were just nostalgic for the 80s. Video games, are they killing rock and roll? <laughs> According <laughs> to the New York Times, the huge popularity of rock music may be over. And one of the main reasons is video gaming. Last year saw 55 million fewer records sold than the previous year. In the summer was one of the industry's worst ever. According to rock promoter, John Cher. only four of the 14 concerts at New Jersey's Asbury Park Convention Hall made money this year. And the only groups that can fill a giant stadium now are a small handful of very, very big acts, the Rolling Stones, the Who, and Bruce Springsteen. Blah, blah, blah. They think people are just staying home and playing video games instead of going to rock and roll concerts. That's hilarious. They're going to the arcade, right? Yeah. And then here's another one. Are you a video jock? Are you the leader of the pack? Why not find out for sure by calling the Twin Galaxies International Scoreboard? Cool. Twin Galaxies was conceived by Walter Day and is dedicated to the proposition that all game players are not equal. In order to prove this, Mr. Day is erecting the world's largest scoreboard, an 18-foot structure that will be made up of one huge screen and 12 smaller screens. The TVs will retrieve data from a computer on which arcade and home game scores from across the nation will be stored. Cool. Cool. Still exists today, but on the internet.
2: Is, is that in Iowa? Yeah. Is it? Justin, you should go. Let us know what it's like. Okay. I'm sure it's <laughs> only six hours across Iowa or something insane.
0: <laughs> so much good stuff. I know we're running a long time. There's so much good stuff in this issue. The quote of the month comes from just, it's a, it's a random quote from a random person, Steve Rajowski, who's a computer consultant in Albany. He says, all you have to do is watch a kid at an arcade run out of money. He really goes into glucose shock. He runs around. He tries to borrow a quarter from somewhere. He just has to have that next fix.
2: I mean, I see that every weekend at Free Gold Watch. <laughs>
0: it's bleak. But it's just, it's like it's the meme like, of like. swear swear the parents? It's like the meme of. Get your kid out of here. Nobody. Nobody was asking. And Steve's like, all you have to do is watch a kid in an arcade and run out of money. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what else do we need to hit? The ColecoVision ad. This is an ad for ColecoVision. And it's got like the console and some information about it. And then some arrows are drawn on the ad. And then there's a letter from Bill to dad. The letter says, this dad, this is the system we've both been waiting for. ColecoVision has everything. It plays the best arcade games. It looks and plays just like the real arcade. And it plays the most arcade games. It's got a plug-in attachment that will allow us to play all of Atari's games. P.S. And look at this dad. ColecoVision is also a computer. And that's important because, you know, I don't want to just play games. Could we go to the store and take a look? And Bill, I want to say, it, I don't know how old Bill is, but he has just exceptional cursive handwriting. That's it's immaculate. Immaculate. It's, it's immaculate handwriting. It's better than mine. <laughs> much, yep. much better 100%. than mine.
2: That's because Bill grew up in a time in which there were no video games, and he learned to write. And then by the time there were, were video games,
0: he was already a great penman writer. I guess so, yeah. And the whole feature on games going Hollywood... I don't want. Yeah, to... and
4: I guess about
2: home games. That's interesting. Not not the arcade ones.
0: They have a profile on some. The twenty year old Mark Tremell is the industry's hottest designer. Does Mark, Does that name ring a bell to anyone? Mark Tremell.
2: No. What, what game does that show there? Yeah, I guess their home version.
0: Uh, Fast Eddie. It was all like Atari VCS games, I think. So Fast Eddie. He did Beanie Bopper, uh, Worm War, Sneakers.
2: I love those design docs. Those are yeah. incredible. Yeah, those are cool.
0: Vectreking. Yep. Are you tired of having to share the TV with people who want, of all things, to watch programs instead of playing video games? Do you want to play Uh, arcade quality games in your room, your friend's room, or someplace where you won't be annoyed by A, your parents, B, your kids, C, your baby brother who drools on the cartridges, or D, your sister who always wants to know what you did with her Clash album? If you answered, oh, God, yes. Do any or all of the above. Have we got a system for you? It's an all-in-one game system with its own TV screen, an arcade-type control panel, arcade memory and graphics chips, and 12 cartridges plus one resident game. <laughs>
4: Whoa.
0: And it only costs 200, like a, $200. A resident
3: game like a pack-in
0: I game? I guess so, yeah. yeah. It lives inside oh,
2: Mindstorm. Console. Yeah, It's Mindstorm, and it looks like it's just a, a knockoff of uh, Asteroids, and it, that's it right there, and it's wonderful. Yeah. The Vectrex is, is the real deal. Every The games are awesome. It looks amazing and it's a, you know, controller is really cool. Like everything about it's just amazing. And kids that had that at the time
0: would be very happy because it, it was like the arcade. There was nothing else like it. This would have been a cool spread to see back because there's an Atari ad and then a Vectrex ad, full page added, like back to back to each other. And then why Atari is number one. And then introducing the system chosen two to one over Atari and Intellivision for real arcade gameplay.
2: You see what you're seeing there for Vectrex, too, is uh, there was a piece of plastic as an overlay that you put over the black and white monitor to mm-hmm. add color to certain areas, including like score numbering and stuff like that, um, huh. which arcade games did, too. But yeah, it's it's a black and white vector.
0: Uh, the two hundred dollars question: Which game system is right for you? There's a question air you can fill out to see what you know what uh, home, available home <laughs> console <What? laughs> is right for you. Yeah. And then smoking, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this <laughs> this is, I think, an interview with the voice of Pac Man and the cartoon. Um, oh yeah, but like this guy—that's this is the voice yeah. of the actor. But what's weird is that they have images of Pac Man here that are not from the cartoon. They weren't no. able to get images from the cartoon at all, apparently. Instead, they have images of Pac Man sitting on a chair smoking a cigar. <laughs> That's great. Look it's out, great. Lookouts. And it says, "Lookout Saturday morning TV. Here comes Pac Man Imation.
2: And you see what's happening? It's like Pac Man's supposed to be like an actor in a chair. Yeah. Yep.
0: Being Shooting the breeze in an interview
4: in 1982. Yep. Obviously, smoking. Yep. 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 Yep.
0: What was that record, Ed? Uh, it's weird and weird. We have something every video game player must have, and it's yours free. Mindscape. It's the hottest record in the video game world. It's yours now, and it's free at all leading video game retailers. What? You heard right. We brought together a top-notch science fiction writer and one of Hollywood's best sound engineers to collaborate on a listening experience that puts you right inside Data Age's video games. Sam, how badly do you want to hear this record? I do. It looks like it's an a, a EP, a seven-inch EP. some sort of a promotional material for dad ages games that was going to be free at shops that would get people to buy their games
1: this is like pre-order bonuses back when pre-order bonuses like they give you like a soundtrack cd or a demo disc
2: it's a flexi disc Yep. Uh, there's seven for sale for three dollars
0: oh you found it already dogs yeah yeah He's a gorilla on it. your table, a gorilla on your <laughs> table and a pocket dungeon. They have or a pocket dragon. They've got the Donkey Kong, the sort of mini arcade tabletop. That's very well known it was ubiquitous. But then there's a Mattel, like a gaming watch dungeons and dragons game, which sounds pretty cool.
2: Oh, I would love that. Yeah. That's same
1: so here.
0: Cool. I'd be so awesome down games for are that. Yeah, that sounds awesome. It was, it only cost 23 bucks back then. What a deal. Um, oh, yeah. Now you can tell the difference between Intellivision and Atari with your eyes closed. Because Intellivision has the Intellivoice voice synthesis <laughs> module. It's an expansion <laughs> module. Yeah. Look at the size of the system compared to it. It's huge. And uh, you should look up, especially Sam, but everyone, Scoop Nation, listen, just look up Intellivoice on YouTube to hear some of the okay. voice samples. They're great. They're fantastic.
2: Would you like to hear a
0: song about railroads?
2: It's. I mean, it's 10 <laughs> times worse I've than that. been working on the
0: railroad. They have a feature on the next Atari 5200 um that would be a big bomb oh and then they, they many years before game uh scope came out, they have a name that game feature where they show the oh. screenshot and if you can name all the games ladybug. you win prizes no there's
3: no such thing as an original
2: idea yeah
0: what i'm learning is here yeah, there's the only video magazine you need and here's game scope 20 years Wait, look before. at
2: ladybug in the upper left
0: uh, the upper i was uh, i i only knew ladybug and Man. the others Maybe yeah. Well, there's breakout, so you know, breakout. Is that just that's, uh, that's yeah. just vanilla breakout? Yeah. Yeah, Space I believe invaders.
2: that's uh, the, the the one level of Gorf there. Mm. There's like a knockoff of Space
0: Invaders. It's probably something else though. Oh, and then that's yeah. number seven is uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, it's Raiders. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Six oh. looks like Missile Command or something.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think that's I think that's
2: a level in another game. It's it's definitely a Missile Command clone, but I think it's yeah. a level in another game. I think it might be from four. Mm. Four looks fucking cool. What is that?
0: Number four, yeah, I don't know that. There's there's big oh, sprites on there. I gotta look that one up. Uh, there's a whole profile on Robotron. That was the hot, the hot the hot stuff in arcades at the time. One Are of the best games go ever? ever.
3: Go back, go back, go back, go back for, for Robotron.
0: Robotron. Yeah, that looks like that guy looks like Steve Jobs.
3: I'm sure it's not.
2: No, no right. that's you know this is it's uh well it's you, the guy Robotron. that designed Robotron
4: right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm trying
5: to find his, uh, name. Dylan, what
0: what was his name. They don't have his name mentioned in here that I can find. Anyway, that's fine. We can move, anyway. we can move on. Indiana Jones in your living room. This is the review section, but they don't think they liked it very much. They gave it only two joysticks out of four or five. Uh, room of Doom is a good game. Empire Strikes yeah. Back Eugene got... Eugene Jarvis, back. that's who it is. Dean Jarvis, gotcha. Uh, Empire Strikes Back got four joysticks. Communist Mutants from Space. That's a, a, a Space Invaders-like. It was yeah, good enough to get three beautiful. joysticks. Colorful. Sword Quest, Earth World, Fire World. They reviewed that one, Sam. So is that the one that yeah. came out? Was Ocean World the one that didn't come out?
2: Yeah, right. There's one of those. I've, I mean, those are, I've seen those. I've definitely seen
0: Sword Quest. Mega Mania only got three joysticks, but I really liked that one back in the day. And yeah. then Micro Surgeon, would you, I've only ever Whoa. seen like, I know, I've only ever seen like that screen screenshot of it. Screenshot.
2: But it looks yeah. so cool. It, for, like, I think Atari it's on the cover of the game, too. It's yeah. so perfect. Yeah.
3: Look at that art. It's
2: really good. Yeah. Demons to Diamonds is cool. I played that. Good name. Demons to Diamonds. Uh, Hopefully a bunch of these are going to be in the... uh, There's Gorf. Uh, Hopefully a bunch of these will be in the um, Atari 50 collection. I know. I'm
0: excited for that. Uh, A meeting of the game minds. And what's interesting about this is they've gathered, you know, prominent people in the game industry to talk about what's coming next. And uh, would you believe none of them are able to predict that the industry is going to crash in just 12 months? (laughs) (laughs) Um. $99 $99 computer. We take the TS-1000 for a test disk drive. I cannot believe cool. there was a $100 computer in 1982. That's yeah, like it's the Raspberry so Pi, right? Yeah. Yeah. Insane. And that's about it. There's a, an ad from Mega Mania on the back of the issue. And that is a look at uh, the, the premiere ad issue. that looks like the cover of an, a, a, choose a, your own a Adventure. Choose Your Own Adventure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks so good. <laughs>
2: I know. By the way, the New Yorker had a profile on the, the creators of the choose your own adventure books. And it's like really long and in depth and interesting from a couple weeks ago. Check it out. New York. That's really those, good.
4: Those books are back. Yeah.
1: I know those yeah, were like, those were some things that got me reading at a young age. So I love choose your own adventure. Like that <laughs> was, those were my jam.
0: That brings us to video game 20 questions our suggestion this week comes from sean marshall in vancouver british columbia data this is just regular 20 questions but you you have you have an advantage you know it's a video game you have 20 All yes right. or no yes or no questions okay. if you guess this game let the questioning begin
2: also you need to know that we've been on a, a losing streak
1: is so that true you, so it's up to me <laughs> you what you're saying i'm here to save the day
2: I think I think instead of saying it's up to you, you can blame
3: us. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> uh did this game come out in the in the
0: in a year that started with one nine? Yes. <laughs> yes. And you only have a two-game losing streak, Sam. Yeah. Well, that's a
4: streak. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
2: I wish you would have asked, does this year have the numbers 1-9 in it? And
3: then we would have just gotten so thrown off by 2019. (laughs) Could have been 2019. No, we know it's a 70s, 80s, or 90s game. All right. Okay, I
4: mean, is this a 90s game? Yes. Yeah. Did
1: this game have multiplayer?
4: No. Okay. Did this game first come out on a cartridge? Yes. Was this game? Did this game first come out on 16-bit cartridges? No, it's five. Um, Same question. 64. What did it come out on a 64-bit cartridge? Yeah. Yes. I hope it's not. I hope it's not a Jaguar game. (laughs) There's not a whole lot of (laughs) 64-bit cartridge systems, but there are. It's I'm going to go ahead and assume it's a Nintendo 64 game. We don't need to burn a question on that.
1: Is this a game developed by a Nintendo first party studio?
4: No. Was it developed in Japan? Yes. Ooh. It's probably Castlevania 64. Um... What was Capcom doing in the N64 era? I don't
2: They adapted Mega Man RPG Legends or whatever.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um
1: it's single player. We know it's a single player game.
3: In Japan. Um, is this game part of a series? No. Whoa.
4: No. One off Japanese 64 bit game. Could be Quest 64. Oh yeah. Is this game? I love uh, Quest 64. Well, let's just ask them is this an RPG? No. That's ten, Rip.
1: Okay, so it's not an RPG. It's not. It's single player. <laughs> so that leaves us
4: with like action adventure, puzzle potentially. Mm-hmm. Like um, racing sports. Racing
1: sports. I doubt sports. I don't think we got many Japanese developed sports games, right? There's like
3: extreme sports games. True. Like yeah, you're your, your snowboarding and whatnot. Just I mean me. the thing—the thing about the N64 though is that, like, you know, the PlayStation was just, it just trounced it. Like all the N64 game, like memorable ones were Nintendo games, right?
2: Yep. Like well, we don't know if this was an exclusive, but it did come out in the cartridge first.
4: It's weird. Should, should we make sure it's an N64 exclusive, or is that not needed? You just probably figure out what the game is. Could also be, exclusive.
1: could also be like Resident Evil, because so we did get a Resident Evil on the 64. Right? It would have to be a specific Resident Evil, to, because, because oh, it was, well, you know, we said it's not a series. For- we also said it's well, not yeah, a I series, have- so yeah, Resident Evil's out.
3: Yeah, I'm having a hard time thinking of that many Japanese-made in '64 games that are one-offs that um, that weren't made by Nintendo, <laughs> like, that that you know that weren't part of a series. Like, you know, I keep thinking of like Western, you know, like we had Turok, whenever it was, like a month ago, like stuff like that. Yeah. What about Sin and Punishment? Ooh, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good one.
1: That is a good one. There
2: is a sequel. Maybe I don't know.
1: Actually, I don't want to throw that out there. I think there was a sequel, like for the Wii, I think. Okay, yeah, or yeah, it was a remaster, one like of the two. Problem.
3: Yeah, or there was what? Or star successor or whatever it was yeah. called. I may have made that up. That might not be a thing.
1: Do we just do we drill down? What are we at 11 questions? I mean, you yeah, can so drill down by.
3: We can drill down by company or by like genre. Or yeah, like, that's know.
1: what I was gonna say. I, I think I, well, I could ask. Well, how
2: about
4: this one? Do you shoot a gun in this game? Mm. <clears throat> if you do, that's not the main
0: mechanic. Okay.
4: But what is the main mechanic, Damon? I don't think <laughs> you well, shoot a gun in like one. in
3: Tetrisphere.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, technically, like I think there's like a Puyo that- pop on the 64 that technically yeah, like shoots. Bottle
4: us to move. Yeah, they're all part of series this. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, this before, this did,
1: did, did they get was there a lot of like licensed games that came out of Japan developers back then?
4: Did we ask if it was licensed already? We didn't. That's a good question. Is it a yeah, is it a licensed game? No, I guess I'd be part of a series in some way. Um uh let's see here. If we're like really off and it's like not a Nintendo sixty four game.
3: <laughs> yeah, we would be in trouble. It could be like Tempest two thousand for the for the uh, Jaguar or something.
4: Damon, was this game well received? Uh by
0: some outlets and people. Should we that's burn a very strange answer? Should we it's just strange, yeah.
1: should we just burn 64 like is it a should we burn that like console? I,
3: I, I'm going to assume that it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's where I'm at, too. But
3: um, I also don't know that there are that many like Japanese made Jaguar games.
1: <laughs> Good point. Japanese single player. You don't use a gun.
3: Because I'm thinking about like I'm running through like mascot platformers in my head, and a lot of them, they, you know, there's like Rocket Robot on Wheels and all these games, and they're they're all like made in Europe or America.
1: Yeah, like, I'm having a like,
0: hard time thinking.
1: Yeah, because like Gex wasn't Japan based. That was on the sixth floor.
0: Guns appear in the game, and you you could do something that could cause a gun to fire, but like that's not like the main mechanic. It's not what you do most of
4: the time. I wonder if there's a. Um... I mean, it sounds like sounds like not part of a series makes this really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, is uh, is should we ask about 3D? It's probably a 3D game. right? Hmm. Yeah. Um... Ask. Could there be 2D games?
1: I can't even think of a 2D game on the 64 They're minus like fighting games. But we know it's a single
4: player experience. That's right. And so racing, you would think there would be multiplayer, probably not that. Puzzles, you think there would be multiplayer.
1: Mm hmm. I think that leaves us with and we know it's not an RPG. Mm-hmm. So at least us just like
4: an action adventure game. Kind of
1: yeah, thing. I think that's where we're at. I think we're it's an action adventure, Japanese developed single player.
2: Is the uh, company that, that made this game still in business making games today? They
4: are. Well, <laughs> they're still in business. It's a Konami game. Yeah. Mm. It, could it still be Castlevania?
2: Did it could be No, because it's not part of a series.
4: Yeah, what else were they up to
3: on the N64 era? Like, like I said, I have this like weird I'm thinking of blind spot in my memory of like what the Konami's and Castlevania's or the Capcoms of the world were like up to back then I think Konami's obviously making games they make collections and all this. yeah I
4: mean they outsource them mm-hmm.
1: when I think of platformers on the 64 that weren't like Nintendo and I've got Glover Gex um there's Quest 64 but we know that's rpg that's an rpg actually um is there like a
2: bushido blade type game on this or like a, a ninja type game Yeah, you know, something
4: like that i think or like tenchu like all those games are on the ps1 yeah yes like that um i don't know maybe we can go by era i don't i don't, I don't know if we're gonna get this one. You, do you play as a human in this game um you
0: play no that's 15.
4: What? All right, so we're yep. not a
1: human, so we're some type of creature. <clears throat>
0: it sounds like it's not like a god
2: perspective.
1: It could be a. Ro- it sounds like a robot. Maybe it is
3: rocket robot on wheels, and I'm just wrong about who made that game. <laughs> That's I like there was this weird. It's a weird platformer. Like I don't know why it popped into my head.
4: Cool. And now I want to know what you play as. Do you play as a robot, like, or an alien? You can ask. Well, but that's like what, what he's just going to say. No, you don't play as a robot. And I'm like, great. Ask it. We got nothing. We, else could, to go we
1: could, you could ask, like, is do you play as something organic? But I mean, I guess that's kind of yeah. the same thing. Organic.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And I don't want to say, do you play as something alive? Because then we'll get robots, rights, activists.
1: Yeah.
4: <laughs> all and, up in our mentions. and you'll
1: get the you, you trip up the vampire exception.
4: Yep. <laughs> Vampires, zombies, skeletons. Is this a spooky game? No. Okay. That eliminates all of them. Ask, ask the robot question, Fine. or or, or the organic one that Jada had. Jada you can ask that. Yeah,
0: yeah, go for do, it. Do
1: you play as an organic character? No. Okay. Ah! All right, so we're synthetic. So Chibi Robo was out
2: for
4: GameCube, right? Yeah. Yes, that was GameCube sequel to it. Okay, 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 okay. So Games you play. play so robotic. either either you play as like nothing, like you know,
3: you're just it's an, it's abstract,
4: mm-hmm.
3: or you play as like a robot. Mm-hmm. Or so
2: or a mechanical vehicle of some sort. That's
3: so a wasn't
1: there. Um, oh, there Space was
3: Station Silicon Valley. What about shooters, um, Justin?
1: Wasn't there? Wasn't there this one where you played as this, this like yellow like robot? but like, um, it was like a mech. Like you play this this like yellow mech. I can't remember what it was. I remember seeing it on the rental shelves, though.
3: Um, and you might be thinking of Body Harvest, but that was made by a European company.
1: I think so. Yeah, and space,
3: like, space, space Station Silicon Valley was made by a European company. Damn it. Or was made, yeah, made by Rockstar, you're right. Wow, would, we're would,
2: we're like, really tripped up here. This is crazy.
3: DMA design.
2: And you don't shoot as a robot, so it's like, what are you doing?
4: What are you doing? But you can't. You can shoot, or you can cause a gun to fire. Maybe it's Bomberman. Yeah.
1: I don't think Bomberman oh,
4: series.
1: Yeah, and I don't think Bomber had any guns you could shoot. If I remember right, it's got it's got bombs, it's got cannons. I guess technically, I think in some of the like the single player levels, but this again, series. Um, seems like it's going to be a really hard one. Damon uh, looks at us like I, I I can't get a read off of him either. He's very good at mm-hmm. his poker uh, face. His face yeah. is
2: incredible.
4: The poker yeah, face Ryan is so good. <laughs> uh, let me think of. We got yeah two questions and a guess. Oh really? <sighs> the company's still around.
1: Japanese owned.
3: It can't be like how great could the game be if they would didn't go on to like make more of them?
1: Yeah, that's.
3: Why do some people like it but others didn't?
1: No. I was gonna say Jet Force Gemini, but that that's a lot of shooting in the guns.
4: Yeah.
3: It's made by rare.
1: Yep, and it's rare.
4: Um What about like uh well okay, never mind. That was stupid. I don't know. Um I don't have it. Yeah, I don't think we'll it. We need to come up with some hail
3: mary guesses.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, do we want to ask maybe like about like power ups or items or anything like that? Can that you might ask help. We mentioned the game
3: yet? That's true. Yeah, I, I think we're at that point. All
1: right, secret weapon. Have we
3: mentioned this game yet? No. Uh, no we're not going to. No. <laughs> but if I, like the developer is still around, like I feel like our last hail mary should be to try to guess a, a developer konami right <clears throat> yeah konami capcom you know we always forget about
4: like you know like tecmo hudson like a- natsume yeah what was like some of the first what were some Whoa. of the very first
1: harvest moon yeah that's single player oh that's yeah, it's part of a series gosh darn it that series is, there, is tripping me up
3: is there a harvest moon where you play as a robot oh that too um you don't know you don't know
2: yeah. Cow, milk, and robot. No way to know.
4: That's true.
3: We make an assumption
4: that a lot of video game characters are human
3: presenting, but we don't ever get to see their insides.
0: Shall I reveal? Or do you want to? That was a. Yeah, you can reveal it. it. There's There's a show Westworld about that. Jada has any other questions?
4: Uh, Does this game have 3D graphics? (sighs) Okay, yes. <laughs> guess. yes. Any guesses? A, playing as a no.
1: robot? Okay. No
0: guesses. We're, we're done. If maybe you play, it, this maybe is, you play as a god. Mecha salt. May, if I may, I think maybe in the future when you know it's a Nintendo 64 game, trying to nail, nail down the release window might help because in early on, there wasn't much. And this is an early mm-hmm. Nintendo 64 game. Published by Nintendo, but developed by Treasure.
1: Oh, damn Treasure, it, I asked, developed by Nintendo, damn which
0: it. is still in business, but has not published and released a new game since 2014. Right. And this game is Mischief Makers. Oh,
1: damn oh, it. I, I know
0: two that two game. FD, FD platformer. Wow. I've never heard of this, but it looks awful.
1: I've played well, Mischief Makers. I am so sad.
0: I didn't give it a six, but other outlets gave it, you know, in the 8s, And then the, you know, Sean who wrote in said he has a lot of great memories of playing it. I think a lot of Nintendo sixty four owners just didn't have much to play at this time, so they were. Yeah, I agree. Did you play it, Damon? I think I may have rented it, but I, I, yeah, I remember it getting kind of like lukewarm press coverage, so I wasn't mm-hmm. super excited about it. Yeah, this oh, was a so rental ugly. for me. I love it. And the whole mechanic is you're so you're a, a robot. You're a robot maid trying to rescue your master, and. Mm the mechanic is you grab things and shake them and then sometimes that can cause like missiles or bullets to fly out of them that's hilarious yeah there was never a sequel yeah Mm -mm. didn't didn't perform well enough i guess and it wasn't it wasn't the sequel to mischief maker no (laughs) (laughs) no Uh. first treasures make a lot of they made you know gunstar heroes and dynamite heavy and then ikaruga and bangayo but like they just, I don't know what they do today, except just port Ikaruga to whatever new, the newest platform out.
1: That's where they make their money. Yeah. Ikaruga's fire. I'm pretty sure this is a 2D game, by the way.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, well, it's two and a half. D, the game is two and a half. D. Are, are we not looking at 3D uh, you know, polygons here?
2: No. I well, I think so. I think it's wait, a Donkey but the game
3: like Yeah, the game being polygonal isn't like, it's like you can't move In the,
0: on a Z-axis. Like. Well, that's, what, that's why we've run into trouble with that 3D question yeah yes yeah, right. yeah, so that is why we've run into trouble with that 3d anyway
2: you <laughs> should ask
0: streak, can you continue if you want to ask like can you move the camera around in a 3d environment maybe
2: that would help. okay okay well we're never going to remember any of the tips you've given us nope. to solve these it's fine because i don't even know the name of this game so that wouldn't have helped anyway
0: mischief makers on Nintendo 64. Thank you for the suggestion, Sean in Vancouver, British Columbia. Viewers, listeners, if you have your own suggestions for video game 20 questions, email them to me at the email address gamescoop at igin.com and that is all the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Jada, for joining us this week. Thank you, Jobert, working behind the scenes to make this episode possible. Gamescoop will return next week. Uh, My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop. and We're out.